Today's reading, which is from the book of Mark, first chapter, verses 40 through 45. Again, that's the first, uh, the book of Mark, uh, first chapter. Jesus cleanses a leper. And the leper came to him, imploring him, and kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. Move with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. But he went out and began to talk freely about it and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was out in desolate places and people were coming to him from every quarter. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Am I in the place of God? The king of Israel was bewildered. Days before, a man named Naaman, he was a commander of the Syrian army. And he was a great and mighty man, accomplishing many great things. A man of valor and of great courage. But he was a leper. He had this terrible, contagious skin disease. But Naaman heard from his servant that there was a prophet in Israel, Elisha, who might be able to cure him so Naaman, with permission from the king of Syria, brought a letter to the king of Israel, which read this. When this letter reaches you, know that I have sent to you Naaman, my servant, that you may cure him of his leprosy. And when the king of Israel read that letter, he tore his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and to make alive that this man sends word to me to cure a man of his leprosy? Why was this man so upset? Because leprosy was often regarded as a divine punishment from God, the cure of which was only possible by God himself. In fact, rabbis spoke of lepers as the living dead because their cure was as difficult as raising the dead, which made it impossible. Even more, the diagnosis of this disease, leprosy, encompassed not only medical but social dimensions. See, lepers, according to the Levitical law that we see in the Bible in Leviticus chapter 13, they were required to make themselves as repugnant and disgusting as possible. The leprous person who has a disease shall wear torn clothes and let the hair of his head hang loose. He was supposed to cover his mouth and say, unclean. And as long as he had the disease, he would be unclean. He would live alone, apart from the community. So you see, leprosy was not just an illness to be healed. It was a sentence. It robbed people of their health, of their reputation, their occupation, their livelihood. They couldn't be with their family. They couldn't fellowship with their community. They could not enter the temple to offer sacrifices and worship God. 
So in the Gospel of Mark, we see in verse 40, a leper came to Jesus. This poor man who was apart from God, apart from community, with this incurable disease. And the leper came to Jesus, imploring him, and kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. See, the leper already believes that Jesus is able. You can make me clean. But he's asking Jesus, are you willing? Do you want to? Is it your desire? And isn't that sometimes your question to God? God, I've heard that you're good. I know that you're powerful. I understand that you can be the great healer and the great comforter, my refuge. But God, are you willing? Do you really care? Do you want to? Is this in your will? So the question that we'll seek to answer today is this. What is Jesus willing to do? What is Jesus actually willing to do? And we'll see three things. And the first is this, that Jesus is willing to touch the untouchable. Jesus is willing to touch the untouchable. In verse 41 and 42, we continue the story with this. Moved with pity, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched the leper and said to him, I will, I am willing, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him and he was made clean. You see here that Jesus is moved with pity, this deep-seated compassion, almost like you feel it in the gut. In other translations, this word can be, this word pity can be translated as indignation or anger. So it was as if Jesus was so upset at the sight of this poor man, this leprous man, whose condition has set him apart from God and set him apart from community. And that moved him so deeply that Jesus reached out and touched him. In other words, our sinful condition and the brokenness of this world, Jesus is moved by that. Jesus is not indifferent to the effects of our sin. It moves him deeply. And by touching the leper, Jesus, he actually breaks these ritual rules of cleanliness that the Jewish people were following. Normally, what would happen is someone who was ritually clean, that they kept themselves clean, they were following the right diet, they were following the right rules, and then so they could be in right relationship with God and right relationship with their community. If they were kind of living a clean life, if a clean person touched an unclean thing, whether it was a person or a location or object, then the uncleanness would transfer unto that clean person. So that clean person would now become unclean. That's what would normally happen. And then they would have to undergo a process of trying to cleanse themselves. But here we see when Jesus touches the untouchable, Jesus' cleanliness rubs off onto the leper. And the unclean becomes clean. I think the religion point is this that we are as unclean as this leper. Again, this is more than just a disease to be healed. The word healing is not even found in this portion of Scripture. It's the word clean. It's about cleanliness and a right relationship with God. 
We are as unclean as this leper. Jesus touching this leper, it shows us that we too have hope in being fully cleansed and being made right with the Lord. And it is only he who is God himself in the flesh, Jesus himself, who reaches out and touches us, who is so moved by the condition of our sin that he doesn't leave us alone. He doesn't remove himself from us, but he moves towards us with compassion and mercy. Jesus is even willing to break through some of these barriers and traditions but it's because his mercy is more. So what is Jesus willing to do? He's willing to touch the untouchable. Jesus is also willing to perfectly fulfill God's will. He is willing to do what God wants. In verse 43 and 44, it reads this, And Jesus sternly charged the leper and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go. Show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. Jesus, he charges the leper very sternly to show himself to a priest. Do you see? I'm going to kind of highlight those words. He show yourself to the priest based on what Moses commanded for a proof to them. What does that mean? What's going on here? According to the Levitical laws in the Bible, a priest was in charge of examining a leprous person and declaring, ah, indeed, this is leprosy, and therefore you are unclean. And as soon as that was stated, you are unclean, I'm declaring you unclean, let it be known, that was a public statement. That means that person can no longer be in society with everyone else. That person can no longer freely worship and be together with everyone. That person is now under the status, this impossible to remove status of uncleanness. But if by chance, if that diseased flesh recovered and cleared up and the leper presented himself to a priest, then the priest was in charge of pronouncing the diseased person clean. And once that pronouncement was done, you are clean, then he was clean. And imagine what that means. It's not, again, it's more than just a disease. It's not a clean, it's more than just a clean bill of health. It's like you're clean, therefore you can come back. You can get your job back. You can go back to your home, to your family. You can gather together with your neighbors. You can move back home. You can enter back into fellowship. You can actually come back and worship together with us. You are clean. And so Jesus, he's not just saying you are healed, go. But it's like, no, now you need to go through the motion of go to a priest. And according to these rules and traditions we have, when he declares you clean, now you're restored to community. You get your life back. So this was a necessary step. And this person not only being healed of a disease, but getting his whole life restored. But I want to focus in on this proof to them. As a proof to them. Why does the leper's cleansing need to be a proof to them? Who's them? The priests. And we'll soon see in later portions of the Gospel of Mark, the Pharisees. 
translated a different way. It's not just a proof to them, but evidence against the priests. What is Jesus saying here? Why does this matter? Because surely if leprosy is such an impossible thing to overcome, it's as if it's as difficult as raising someone from the dead. It is unheard of. And once someone is actually cleansed of leprosy by the miraculous touch of Jesus, by God, and if he were to show himself to the priest, I think that would cause a stir. It is not a common thing. And so surely then the priests, and probably many priests who are witnessing this now clean leper, they will have to wonder, who, what happened? Who did this to you? Who did this for you? And they will have to decide, will the Pharisees, the priests, will they believe in Jesus and take him at his word, interpret his signs and miracles as proof that he really is divine, or will they deny him? This proof was not only evidence against the priest, but proof that showed that Jesus is actually the great high priest who was able to do something that a normal human priest could not do. Only God could cleanse a leper like this. Later in Scripture, we see the author of Hebrews kind of explains this how the priesthood kind of works and why this declaration, this instruction of Jesus really informs us of who he is as our great high priest. I'll kind of paraphrase and, and read, read Hebrews chapter 10 and I'll just highlight up there on the slides just a few key verses. But let me read this for us and listen to what the writer of Hebrews says about the priesthood, about who Jesus is as the priest. So the old system under the law of Moses was only a shadow, a dim preview of the good things to come, but not the good things themselves. The sacrifices under Moses' system were repeated again and again, year after year, but they were never able to provide perfect cleansing for those who came to worship. Do you see that cleansing part? Made holy to be made right before God, right? So that was the purpose of these sacrifices. Well, if these sacrifices could have provided perfect cleansing, the sacrifices would have stopped at some point because the worshipers would have been purified once for all time and their feelings of guilt would have disappeared. But instead, those sacrifices actually reminded of their, of their sins year after year because it's not possible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. It doesn't work that way. And that's why when Christ came into the world, he said to God, and you'll see these up there, this is Jesus' words. You did not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings, but you have given me a body to offer. You're not pleased with burnt offerings or other offerings for sin. And then, then I said, this is Jesus speaking, then Jesus said, look, I have come to do your will, O God, as it's written about me in the scriptures. And what is God's will? For God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. 
do you see that Jesus, by Jesus cleansing the leper, he's more than just healing one person. He's sending a message to the priests, right? He's like, go show yourself to the priests. That's your first part. Go show yourself to the priests as a proof to them. And what is he saying? It's like, it's gonna, your cleansing is going to re- reveal something important about me, Jesus. At first, he's divine. Only, only God can do such a thing like this. But that he is perfectly, in a more perfect way, fulfilling God's will. In a way that these priests, who are really trying their best, actually could not do in their human limitations. Because under the old system, they were trying this again and again, going through the rituals and traditions. But it was not perfect. Something was off. Something was missing. It was not perfect cleansing for those who kept on showing up to worship the Lord. And that's why when Jesus comes, the Lamb, who is sinless and blameless, who would take away the sins of the world, he said, you gave me, God, a body to offer. He becomes a perfect sacrifice. And he says, listen, I've come to do your will. Jesus is will. He is willing to do God's will. And that will is this, for God's will was for us to be made holy. In other words, for us to be cleansed by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. Under the old covenant, the priest stands and ministers before the altar day after day, offering the same sacrifices again and again, which can never take away sins. But our high priest, Jesus, offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins, good for all time. For by that one offering, he forever made perfect those who are being made holy, clean. So when Jesus says, I am willing, be clean, this is what he's saying. I'm here to do God's will in a much more perfect way. I'm offering myself as a sacrifice so that you may be made perfectly clean and holy and right before God in a way that was not possible before. So the cleansing of the leper, him sending him back to the priest, was proof to the priest that Jesus is our great high priest who was willing to do God's will, offering up his own body as a perfect sacrifice that anyone who would come to him and believe would be purified, made perfect, and made clean once and for all. That was a proof. And that's the main idea of the message today, that Jesus, our high priest, what is he willing to do? Is willing to cleanse us is willing to make us holy, is willing to perfect us. And that's astounding because on our own strength and our own ability, that's something we cannot do. But Jesus, our high priest, is willing to cleanse us. And Jesus shows how, that by cleansing the leper, he was willing to offer himself, that's the how, as a living sacrifice, exchanging places with us. And that's the last point here. That Jesus is willing to exchange places with us. Let's look at verse 45 and see how that works out. But the leper went out and began to talk freely about it and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town but was out in desolate places and people were coming to him from every quarter. So remember, Jesus said, don't tell anyone. <laughs> right? The time is not now. Don't tell anyone. Actually, go show yourself directly to the priest. But the leper ignores it. Maybe rightly so, because he was excited. 
But he ignores it. He disobeys Jesus. And so Jesus, he says, don't tell anyone, but the leper ignores that, and he tells everybody. If you recall from last week's sermon, we saw in the, in the verses just preceding, Jesus was on a mission. He was going from town to town. He was publicly declaring the message of the gospel of the kingdom of God. He was saying, behold, the time is now fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe. And then he will go around healing and exercising demons and demonstrating that his words were not just mere words, but this was the reality and power of the kingdom of God. That's what he was doing from town to town. And that was his strategy. And he was on mission. He was focused. Even when people were like, why don't you stay? He said, no. And he went on to the next town. He was committed. So when the leper went out, that kind of disrupted Jesus' mission and his flow. Does that make sense? Like, it interrupted him. It was not supposed to be that way. But by the leper going out and telling everyone, and there were crowds coming to Jesus, there was an interruption. And you'll see, you'll notice, you'll start seeing next week when we get into chapter 2 and 3, there's a shift in Jesus' audience and, and, and his interactions. All of a sudden, he's going from town to town, freely preaching the gospel, but because of the disruption from this eager leper, this eagerly cleansed leper, he now confronts directly these priests that he's talking about and the Pharisees. You'll see that. They start confronting him directly and saying, who are you? And they get into a lot of beef. But you see this exchange. I want to highlight this for us. The leper went out freely, but Jesus can no longer openly enter a town. He was out in desolate places. Previously, just moments before, the leper was out in desolate places and was unable to enter any town openly because of his unclean condition. But now he's free. He's free and clean to go about. And Jesus, who was previously going from town to town openly preaching, and was accepted, no longer could openly enter a town. And instead, he was on desolate places. They switched places. The leper and Jesus, they switched places. Jesus exchanges places with the leper, making and declaring the leper clean and accepted, while he himself was declared unclean and rejected by the priests and Pharisees. Jesus was willing to exchange places with us. And this mysterious and gracious exchange, this was talked about. Long before the prophet Isaiah in chapter 53, listen to how he describes this mystery. And this is talking about Jesus. And Isaiah says this, Out of the anguish of his soul he shall see and be satisfied by his knowledge Shall the righteous one, my servant, so this is God talking about Jesus, the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous. Okay, so there's someone who's very righteous, and he has ability to make a lot of other people righteous or clean. We're tracking? And he shall bear their iniquities. That's strange. So here's a righteous one. Somehow he can make other people righteous. At the same time, he's bearing the burden of their iniquities and sin. 
but somehow he's still righteous. Like he's being in contact with sin. Somehow he's bearing that, but he still remains righteous. And he has ability to make other people righteous. This is strange. Therefore, I will divide him with a portion with the many. He shall divide the spoil with the strong because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors. As in he was counted, he was categorized by, namely the priests, as a sinner because he hung out with sinners. He hung out with unclean people. He touched unclean people. So they categorized Jesus with these so-called outcasts and sinners. Yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. He's acting like a priest who makes intercession. So somehow, here's a righteous one. He can make everyone else righteous. But at the same time, interacting with sin in a way that will make a normal person sinful and unclean. He's bearing their iniquities. He even pours out his soul to death. He gives his whole life. Like the writer of Hebrews says, he himself offered his whole body as a sacrifice because it is God's will for us that we will be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. And he was even being, he was willing to exchange places with us somehow that he would even be numbered and counted as a transgressor and seen as a sinner. And he bore the sin of many, and he faithfully makes intercession for the transgressors, reaching out to the untouchables. Jesus, our great high priest, is the one who exchanges his righteousness for our sin by bearing the sin upon himself even until death. He makes us righteous while he himself was numbered with the sinners, though he himself remains sinless. And Jesus, our high priest, intercedes on behalf of the people, meaning he is willing to touch the untouchable. That's us, you and I. He's willing to exchange places with us by taking on our iniquities, the effects of our sin. And he transfers his cleanness unto us. He makes many to be accounted righteous that we may be cleansed and whole. Jesus, our high priest, is willing to cleanse us and restore us. And it is through his sacrifice that we may be cleansed and made right with God, that we're right in our relationships, in our worship, in our health. And in Jesus, we have this hope. This is the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. So how can we respond in faith to Jesus? We have a few suggestions here. One, bring your neediness before God. Bring your neediness before God. We can learn a thing or two from this leper. The leper had nothing to offer Jesus but his own need. Do this by confessing, Jesus, I trust. I know that you're able. I know that you can. So I need you to cleanse me. This fight and struggle with sin, this uncleanness and the effects of sin in my life and all around me, it's not something I can just wish away. It's not something I can just struggle with on my own. This uncleanness in my life, this is beyond me. I need you, God. And only you, Lord, can cleanse me and change me. I cannot do it on my own. Bring your neediness before Jesus. 
The second thing is related to that receive Jesus' cleansing. Receive Jesus' cleansing. I think this specifically for those of us who are followers of Jesus already. You've been following the Lord. You believe in Jesus. And some of us, you've been treating that sin in your life like a death sentence. Because in this present life, as we still wrestle with sin, we forget that Jesus is willing and that we are cleansed once for all time by his perfect sacrifice. And we live as we're for the walking dead. Our hope in Jesus is that he has paid that penalty already. That work is finished. It's not something that needs to be done again and again. And Jesus has risen again that we too may share in his resurrection and fully restore glory. So to you, we say, trust Jesus when he says, I am willing, be clean. That you are truly cleansed by Jesus and may give you the grace to walk that out. And lastly, to extend, extend the grace of Jesus toward other untouchable people. Let's carefully consider anyone who may be ostracized or left out or they've judged themselves or they have been judged unworthy of being part of the people of God or come before the Lord. Who in our midst, who amongst our neighbors might be considered unclean or unacceptable, too sinful, beyond help, by the same grace that we were shown by our Lord who was willing to reach out and touch us, who was so loving that he showed his perfect love for us in this, that we, while we were still yet sinners, Christ died for us. Shouldn't we too extend that grace to other people? As Apostle Paul reminds us, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Jesus, our high priest, is willing. He wants to cleanse us, and he has, if you would believe. So let's trust in him when he says, I am willing, be clean. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this, this news that you have sent your son, that you have fulfilled your promise of old by sending us the perfect sacrifice and the great high priest who would perfectly take away our sins and cleanse us, that you move toward us with compassion, that when you see sin, that you're angered by it, that you're so bothered by it, that you care deeply about the sin in our lives and you care deeply about our restoration. So thank you, O Lord, for coming and touching us and healing us and cleansing us. Lord, grant us a grace that we would be able to walk in this clean and status more and more as we trust in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.